Hello and welcome to the Bliss Bean Show. I'm your host, Patrice, and on this podcast, we talk about how to design intentional days, create meaningful work, and just get more out of life. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the second episode of the Bliss Bean Show. No, this is not a monthly show. This is supposed to be a weekly show, so my apologies for taking so long to get the second episode out. But we have had some upgrades to the setup, so I just got a new microphone. Your feedback on the audio quality of the old one was pretty good, but I wanted something that would be like a longer-term investment. And also, I just don't want to fight my brother to share his gaming microphone every week. So if anyone's wondering, I got the Blue Yeti USB model in silver. It looks very shiny, very fancy. I'm very excited to record with it, and it just looks really nice sitting on my desk. So that's what matters most right? So last week's video was about habits. I shared with you my 17 current daily and weekly habits. Fun fact, 17 just happens to be my lucky number, but I did not intend for it to total up to 17. It just turned out that way. 17 habits might seem like a lot. It might seem like all I do is do habits, but I think that if you watched the video, you saw that they were all quite simple. Little things like waking up early or trying to do something active every day. A lot of these habits are things that kind of just naturally work their way into my schedule, but I do do them on a consistent basis, so I wanted to tell you about them. So habits have been an important like tool in my toolkit for a long time now. The specific habits have changed though. The way that I track my habits has changed. One way that I have tracked habits is by tracking them on paper. I think this is a fun way to do it. It's really satisfying to fill out your tracker at the end of the day and just gradually color it in throughout the week or throughout the month. And it's pretty simple. I think a lot of times sticking to the lower tech option just works. So this is what I used to do back when I had a paper planner. Yes, I used to have a paper planner. If you scroll all the way back to the beginning of my YouTube channel, you can see it. I think I also did a couple of blog posts if you go back that far in the archives. I got so much joy out of designing these super fancy habit trackers. Like for October, I would do a Halloween theme with pumpkins and for December, I do a Christmas theme with like colorful fairy lights like from Stranger Things. I think that was an important thing for me to have because at the same time I was definitely getting stressed out from school so it was a nice different kind of activity like a more creative, meditative, relaxing thing to do. But I did find it hard to keep up with in the long run because I would forget so If I were out and about and I didn't have my planner with me and I did a habit, I couldn't immediately mark it as done. Or throughout the day, if I didn't have my planner always by my side, I didn't have this reminder of what habits still needed to be done. My memory is pretty bad. So like one specific thing I still struggle with is keeping track of how much water I drink. So currently what I've had to do is make it possible to track it through my Apple Watch. Because if I can't immediately mark down that I finished a bottle of water, I will forget and I will lose track. I still struggle with this because my general rule is that once the bottle of water is finished, that's when I mark it, not when I'm refilling it. But then sometimes I have like 
a quarter inch of water at the bottom and I can't remember if I consider that as done or not. So yeah, anyways, I moved away from paper and for a long time, I've been using traditional like habit tracking apps where they count your streaks for you. So I have mainly used the Productive Habits app and the Done Habits app. They're both really simple, which I love, but they both do have a lot of scheduling features for more complicated habits. So if you have weekly habits that you do on certain days of the week, or if you have weekly habits that can get done at any point throughout the week, I would say the design of the Done app is simpler. Like it's as simple as an app design can get, but I think I like the user interface of productive habits better. Like marking habits as done or skipped was done by swiping, whereas with Done, I'm pretty sure you have to tap. I don't think there's a way to change the settings that you can just swipe. And swiping just feels more natural to me. But they're both good apps, so I highly recommend both of them if you're looking for a habit tracking app. I guess what all habit tracking apps have in common is this concept of tracking your habit streaks. And I definitely see how those can be helpful because the longer and longer streak you have, the more skin in the game you have, so to speak. And so the consequence of not doing a habit progressively becomes greater and greater, thus motivating you to keep doing that habit. Keeping up habit streaks is certainly better than keeping up Snapchat streaks, but I do think there are some flaws in this idea of trying to build an unbroken chain of habits. I have some beef with habit streaks, and so that's what I want to talk about. Because at the end of the day, the purpose of this podcast is for me to complain about things and explain why they annoy me. So recently, I'm so sorry, but I'm going to have to mention the Minimalist podcast again because it's pretty much all I listen to. So I get a lot of relevant tidbits of information from there. They did an episode recently with Erwin McManus, and he mentioned how he had like a 150-day streak on Duolingo, and initially that was all going great because Duolingo is a free resource. It's arguably a good thing to use. Language learning is helpful and useful, but he realized that it got to the point where he was like, relying on this affirmation from this app it got to the point where psychologically the idea of breaking the streak was really overwhelming so that was exactly what he did he purposely broke his 150 day streak because he didn't want to feel like he was being controlled by this app of course this was a slightly different situation from say doing a morning routine every morning because I think what he was really getting at was that this app promised something beneficial and free to him but in exchange he kind of had to be tied to that app and that all goes back to our first episode about the social dilemma and the attention economy and how if you are not paying for a product then you are actually the product but we're talking about habits in this episode so I want to apply this concept to the regular sorts of habits that we try to build in our everyday life so I think there's definitely value in streaks when you're picking up a new habit because if it's new to you then yeah if you create an unbroken chain you will learn that habit and it will eventually become natural to you so in my life I used to not have a morning routine. I used to be the kind of person who woke up pretty much as late as possible as I could for school. I was consistently late to school, but once I started my morning routine, after I got enough of a chain built per se, 
it became something so natural to me that it's hard to imagine starting my day without it. And so I just don't really feel the need to track it anymore. And so I think habit streaks can be viewed as a tool that is helpful in certain situations. But at some point, I think it's better to look at the big picture. So for example, with a habit of drinking water every day, if you miss one day of drinking water in the middle of the month, then your longest chain is 15 days long out of a possible 30-day chain that you could have built. But if you look at your success rate and you only missed one day that month, that's a 96.6% success rate. And I think celebrating that is more important than trying to figure out why you, quote, failed on that one day. So, like, how did your skin improve this month because of drinking water 96.6% of the time? How did your energy levels improve? Things like that. If drinking water is a new habit for you, then yes, doing like a 30-day unbroken streak challenge that might be relevant to you and that might help you identify some pain points like maybe you're having trouble bringing your water bottle along because it's really big or something or you just don't like the taste of water so you try putting some lemon in it but if drinking water is already pretty much an established habit for you I think at that point the focus should shift from habit streaks to just like enjoying those habits and reaping all the benefits that they add to your life. What I'm getting at is that when used in the wrong way, what a streak does is it creates a fear of skipping a habit rather than inspiring an appreciation for what doing the habit will do for you. And so not to sound super cheesy, but it kind of makes you like operate from a place of fear rather than a place of love. I think it's really good, especially in this weird time, to just show ourselves kindness and be like, yeah, this is something that none of us have ever experienced before. We're probably having a difficult time adjusting and so nothing works the way that it did before and neither will habits and so can we just accept that and forgive ourselves if we break a habit streak can we embrace all of the fresh starts that we constantly get like I love fresh starts like the start of a new day or a new week you don't have to wait for a new year but like if you feel a little boost of energy in the morning or on a Monday just tap into that and use that momentum and just try to leave everything else behind you in the past. So personally, in my life, for the time being, I've actually changed the settings on the Done app so that I don't see the streaks. All I see is my list of habits for the day and whether or not I've completed them that day. That's something you might want to try. And then I also wanted to talk about other methods for tracking habits that don't focus on streaks so much. So one thing you could try is tracking habits based on time. I'm really trying to work on being more flexible. It is in my nature to want structure and consistency and predictability. If I lay out a plan for myself, God forbid I can't stick to that plan because then I just feel like everything falls apart. I've noticed this tendency in my life to be very all or nothing. So it's like either I have an amazing day where everything flows and I'm right on track or if I trip up on something, I just want to like completely scrap the day and say, screw it, I'm just going to watch TV and or read or sleep, do nothing all day. And so one of the ways I'm trying to be more flexible in this regard is by tracking some habits based on time. 
For example, for reading, I used to be a lot more rigid with my reading schedule. I used to try to read an hour each on Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. But now I've moved to having a four-hour goal. So if I'm feeling kind of low energy, it doesn't matter what day it is, I can take some time to read and know that I'm still working towards this goal. Another example of something that I'm tracking through time is studying Korean. So as you might know, I had gotten really consistent at studying languages, mainly Korean at the moment, for two, two and a half hours every morning, and I was enjoying it. It was a big part of my life. The language learning videos always did really well in terms of views, so that was great. But for the past couple of months, I mean, just nothing has been working the way it normally does, I feel like. I have really not been feeling like myself a lot of the time and not having the energy that I usually have. And so when it was hard to get myself out of bed, first of all, and all I wanted to do was sleep, I really wasn't even considering sitting down to study for two hours. I just felt like I had nothing in me to do something that challenging and intense. And I felt guilty about sharing that, so I've hardly shared it on YouTube or social media. I mean, I'm not posting much these days anyways, but I especially didn't want to share that I've been, I guess, slacking so much on language learning because it almost feels like a part of my identity now to be this person who's always on top of everything and who's always super focused on language learning, super dedicated. I've talked about this before, how I think the content that I create creates this distorted um, conception of what is most important in my life. So a lot of people from watching my videos, following my channel, get the idea that some of the most important things in my life are language learning and photography, just because those videos were really popular. And it's like, well, not exactly. It's just those topics, they lend themselves well to videos. But I also, you know, I wash dishes and I play baseball with my brother and I go to dance classes. Like, I really don't think you can get an accurate picture of someone's life just based on their online presence. So I have stopped doing photography. I did like one photo shoot in October for a friend and that was it. Language learning, I have done very little of it in the past couple of months. And so it's like, if you take all of that away, and I'm not doing those things that people think take up such a big part of my life and my my thoughts. What is my identity at the core of that? Okay, anyways, I think I'm getting a little bit too philosophical with this, but basically I have been taking baby steps to get back into language learning. So reviewing old stuff that I've forgotten, brushing up, and more importantly, being flexible by setting only a weekly time goal for how much to study rather than expecting myself to study every single morning. If on a certain morning, just the thought of sitting down at my desk feels really difficult, that's okay. Another morning, I'll feel more inspired and I can make up for that time. I would like to incorporate the super regular um, intense practice back in eventually, but for the time being, this is what I need. I'm also tracking how much time I spend on my blog. So on my time tracking, I have a blog tag on all of the blogging related tasks. And then my goal is to spend 30 hours per week on them.
So overall, this time tracking method for tracking certain habits works really well for me because I already track my time. So instead of complicating things, this actually reduces a step. It removes some friction and it simplifies my overall attitude regarding habits. Now, if you don't track time, Maybe this won't be a super helpful strategy, but it could be. It could be something you try so you don't have to download a whole time tracking app. Let's say you want to set a goal for reading four hours per week the way that I do. You could just like have a tally somewhere and mark an hour each time that you read for an hour. Another alternative habit tracking method you might find helpful, I learned about on Thomas Frank's YouTube channel, and this was created not by Thomas, but by his friend Martin. So credits to Martin. Good job, Martin. I'll link the video in the show notes, but basically in a dot grid notebook, you split each month in half. So about 15 days each, you number those days along the top of the page and then list each habit that you want to work on below that, along with the general category of your life that this corresponds with. So for example, category health, you want to start each morning with doing five minutes of something active. So You'll make boxes for each day that you want to do that habit. And then throughout those 15 days, you mark whether that habit was completed, missed, or missed because of something that was out of your control. At the end of the two weeks, you take a look at each missed habit and write about why it was missed, as well as an overall review of how that 15-day cycle went, what went well, and how you can do better. So I really like this method because it places less emphasis on the streaks. It focuses more on why you're doing these habits and how to ensure your success. So if you miss a habit, it's not the end of the world. Rather, it's just an opportunity to review at the end of the cycle how you can do better next time. It also gives you a nice fresh start every two weeks and it gives you a way to break down long-term goals into shorter habits that can constantly evolve. So let's say you are learning a language maybe for the first two weeks just to get like a very basic foundation in the language you're just trying to do Duolingo every day and then once you've gotten a little bit better you can incorporate another habit of like attending a conversation group or something or studying with a tutor something that consistently ups the challenge level And then finally, another method for habit tracking I learned about from this website called Ultra Working. So I actually signed up for their like live monthly planning workshop this Saturday. And if it's still available to register for, I'll put the link in the show notes. But if it's not, I'm sorry. Anyway, so I love spreadsheets. I just love how simple and powerful they are. Like to me, a spreadsheet feels like a pure tool. Remember in the social dilemma when they said a tool is something that just sits there and waits for you to use it? Like it doesn't actively try to pull in your attention. So that's what I feel like spreadsheets are to me. It's as close um, to a digital version of a dot grid notebook that I feel I can get because it's so open-ended. Oh, by the way, I want to make like a improved and cleaned up version of my budget template so that people can use it for 2021. But I don't know enough about coding, so I have a couple of questions. If anyone listening to this is good with spreadsheets and wants to help me out, and of course you'll have credits on this free resource that we put out. So please reach out to me and let me know. 
Anyways, so the ultra-working habit-tracking method is called the LIGHTS method. This is a spreadsheet where each week you have the days of the week along the top, your habits along the side, divided into habits that you do at the start of the day, any time during the day, and then at the end of the day. Then for each day of each habit, you either mark yes, no, or half done in that cell, which turns that cell green, red, or yellow, respectively. So the reason it's called lights, the idea here is you're just trying to turn as many of the lights green as you can. There's less of a focus on streaks and more focus on overall how much of the spreadsheet were you able to turn green. You get a fresh start the following week and a chance to review and plan for how you can turn more lights green. So those are all of the alternatives to streak-based habit tracking methods that I've discovered thus far. I want to summarize this episode by summarizing some of the takeaways that we've covered here. So we talked about how streaks are possibly helpful for establishing new habits, but maybe not the best long-term strategy and especially not in such a... Um, such a weird and unpredictable time like we are in right now. Alternatives that you can use for tracking habits that focus less on the streaks and more on fresh starts and reviewing and improving. One thing you can do is track how much time you spend on habits rather than the frequency of those habits, which is especially useful if you already have a time tracking system in place. Number two is Thomas Frank's friend Martin's method, where you split the month into two chunks. And the light spreadsheet method from ultra-working, where you turn on as many lights as possible throughout the week. For today's action of the day, one thing you can try out after listening to this podcast is just give yourself a fresh start. Giving yourself a fresh start is like a gift you can give to yourself. If you're feeling either disappointed because you haven't been able to keep up a good streak with your habits or because your streaks are so long that you're kind of bored of your habits and you're scared to break them. In addition to giving yourself a fresh start, maybe you can try one of these new methods that we talked about. And maybe to start with, you only try it for a couple of your habits, not all of them all at once. For a couple of things that are going on at the Bliss Bean at the moment, we moved the book club over to Instagram. You can find us at Blissful Book Club. I have not yet posted anything, but I just reserved that username and we are going to start on it in November. The phone tour will be uploaded this Friday. I shot it before and then I refilmed it because it turned out kind of bad. But then I actually learned a couple of new things about iOS 14 in between the two times that I filmed that video. So it turned out to be very much worth redoing it. So I hope you enjoy watching that. Finally, to finish out the episode, one recommendation for something that's been adding value to to my life. Recently, my friends and I wanted to do a Secret Santa gift exchange for the holidays, but we wanted to do it in a way where no one had to like run the whole thing. So no one would know um, who picked who and no one would be in on the secret. So to do it virtually, we found this website called Elfster where you can set up a Secret Santa, you can invite people to it, and then it automatically will draw and assign names. And you can set up different things like exceptions. So for example, someone can't pick someone that they live with, something like that, for example. Each person can also send questions to their gift recipient anonymously. So if they want to um, get some input on exactly what sort of gift they should get for them, 
I'm pretty sure it's free. We haven't run into any paid features yet. So if you want to do like a virtual holiday party the way that we are planning on doing, the website is called Elfster. This is not sponsored. I just, I love Christmas and I love Secret Santas and I want to share this resource. So yeah, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Happy almost Halloween and I will see you next week. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your family and friends and leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about The Bliss Bean and connect with me on YouTube and Instagram at The Bliss Bean as well as theblissbean.com. If you'd like to sign up to receive the show notes in your inbox every Wednesday morning, that's theblissbean.com slash show notes. If you have a listener question, comment, or suggestion, you can send a voice memo to hello at theblissbean.com. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next week.